0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Why don't we stand on our feet? Amen, amen, amen. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord. We have an exciting day. Seems like we have a lot going on. Who's glad to be a part of New Life Tabernacle? Amen. Amen. Hey, man, we're looking forward to a lot of great things today. Um, As far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at it like it is going to be a great soul-winning day. Um, If you're here today and it's your first time with us, we want to thank you. You're home here at New Life. Our quote, our motto is, this is a place for you. It found us, so why not for you too? And, um... Later on today, we're, we're going to be having our trunk or treat, and um, it's just going to be hundreds of people here, and I, I'm just believing in my spirit that if we could just get a handful of those people to come and believe that they are profitable to the kingdom of God, that they mean something to the kingdom of God, then we are doing our job and our mission as a church. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm a little scratchy, of course, but that's what I like about teaching. I don't have to get too excited. No, it's okay, though. It is good to see you. If you have your Bibles, we're going to get started. <clears throat> we're going to open up to uh, Romans chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse 1. <clears throat> I love teaching. It's just something about getting into the word of God. I was telling my wife yesterday, you know, if we're just going to be totally transparent and honest, it's hard to read your Bible constantly and stay committed and focused. I mean, in this flesh, we're, we're lazy in our flesh. But the good thing about getting into the word of God, it never ceases to amaze me, is once you get in. And start digging in and reading a little bit and looking this up, looking that up. It never ends. It never ceases with the things that God shows you in his word and in his promises. And it's just amazing to me what God shows me. One man said it like this, that the vitamins of the spirit is faith and prayer. So if we're praying and we have faith in God, then God is going to continue to elevate us, move us up. Show us things we've never seen and pull us in tighter to a closer relationship with him. Amen. Romans 12. We're going to start at 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Just reasonable. Pretty fair deal. God, just saying, you know, I've called you. You know, I've reached out, pulled you in, saved you. Just give me some praise and worship. Serve me. It's pretty reasonable. And, he, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one Members one of the other. I'm a part of you and you're a part of me. We want to jump over one more verse of reading over to Hebrews 11. Very, very familiar verse of Scripture. Almost has to be read with what I want to talk about. We're going to start at Hebrews 11 and verse 1. <clears throat> Nobody's never heard this verse before, right? <laughs> Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, everybody say that together, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, amen, amen, I want faith and I want greater faith, amen, amen, why don't we put our Bibles down this morning, lift our voices and our hands, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your presence and in your house. God, we thank you for the power of teaching and the power of preaching, God. We ask you, God, that you would minister among us, God. Lord, let your spirit, Lord, have free course, God, nothing hindering. Move through our hearts and our minds, God. Strengthen us. Increase our faith, God, as we leave here today, God, and help us to expect great things in the second part of this service in Jesus' name name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I'm going to speak to you for just a few moments today on this thought. I feel like God has laid on my spirit um, a couple months back. I was waiting for the right time for it. Um, The dimensions of faith. Now, I don't claim to be the greatest faith move but I'm always hungering and thirsting. I believe that I like to teach and preach faith. I'm a faith preacher. I believe that if we're going to have faith, we have to do what the Scripture says, that if we're going to do and please God, we got to have faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So there are three dimensions of faith, I believe, and with God's help today, I'm going to try to break down into those parts, the three things that I feel God has showed me with his help, we can uh, get a better understanding of faith and how faith works. The three dimensions of faith that I feel that God moves us in as the church, and I'm going to move a little slow, so it'll be all right, because I, I get hollered at a lot for, we're writing things down, slow down. So the three dimensions of the faith that I want to try and talk about for a few minutes here today is number one, saving faith, number two, healing faith, and number three, desperate faith. So I'm sure in this room this morning, it wouldn't matter who I talk to, it wouldn't matter really who I go to, every single person in here, under the sound of my voice, you already have a measure of faith, the Bible says. According to Romans 12 and 3, it says this, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man, every man. Paul wanted to be clear that when he was talking to the Romans here, he wanted to make sure that they understood that there is not one person being secluded in this conversation. There's not one person right now that is listening to me that, that, that this doesn't include. So every man that is among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. And whatever, if, you, if you're ever reading through there and you see that, I know I've wondered a lot of times, what, what's that word that you ought to think soberly of yourself? You know, we know what sober is, we know what inebriated is, we know what it is, but what Paul was saying in translation, was judge fairly. Because every man, every person that is serving God and walking with God isn't going to have the same measure of faith. They, like, like Paul began to tell the Hebrew church, whatever your work is, whatever your calling is, whatever you're doing in the kingdom of God, your position, whatever you're doing in the kingdom of God, is just as valuable, it's just as important as the person sitting beside you. So we have to judge fairly. Not one of us in here is better than the other. Amen? Amen. We are all profitable. So does this mean we as Christians or believers or followers of Christ, we're given a different measure of faith? Is that what Paul is trying to tell us? Or maybe it seems we was given all the same measure of faith. Maybe that's what Paul was talking about. Or maybe he's trying to say, And a more specific point that each one of us on our own ability, according to how hard you work and how much you believe and how hard you work at increasing your faith, instead of God determining your faith and your measure of faith, you determine your measure of faith. That could be a few things that Paul was throwing out there to the church and saying, you know, how God gives out a measure of faith. But the latter, what I want to talk to you about right here is I kind of lean more towards this. And this is just Chris, you know, 101. It don't have to necessarily apply to you, but I kind of like this meaning here. And so what I tend to lean more towards is as I begin to study this out and read into this, and I looked into an older translation used by a very popular scholar known as Tertullian, is that according to him, and according to just simply the rule of faith, that you have faith in God. Or, he says, what is faith? If you have a need, what he is saying, spiritually, and you can see it according to your faith, it can be done by God, no matter how hard it seems. That no matter what it is, no matter how impossible it seems, if you can see it done, then you have enough faith to believe that it can be done. You got the exact measure of what you need to accomplish the problem or the struggle or the suffering that you're in or going through today. So every single person in this room, God has given us the exact measure that we need. So no matter what I'm going through today, no matter what you're going through, God has put in us a measure of faith, no matter what it is, no matter how difficult it seems, no matter how frustrating the problems of life that come against us can be, you can overcome it, you can be a conqueror, and you can get victory through God as long as you believe you're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly about what you can think or ask. So sooner or later in our walk with God, you'll operate, I believe, in all three levels of this faith saving faith, healing faith, and desperate faith. As I was saying a few minutes ago, if you're here, you're already acting in saving faith. Somewhere along life's journey, you and I got tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> We come to the conclusion that there's more to life than what we see. There's more to life than what I know right now. What am I doing? There's more to what I'm doing and definitely more to what I'm experiencing at this present time in my walk with God. And some have decided there has to be true happiness out there as long as I am standing in the house of God, God has more for me out there beyond what I see now. There has to be a way out of the mess that I'm living in right now. There has to be a permanent solution to the frustration and the emptiness that I deal with on a daily basis. There has to be an answer to these addictions and these sufferings that I'm battling with right now. It is called faith. There has to be hope out there somewhere to the point that can point me in the right direction and tell me to the meaning of life and what life has in store for me. And whether it was a divine act of God that made you walk into these doors, or God put someone in your path and they told you that his name was Jesus. Maybe they told you that there was a peace that passes all understanding. Maybe they told you that you didn't have to, dil- to live and deal with the dilemma of the problems of life that you're going through. And then you finally came into a house of God. And you begin to feel something you've never felt before. Can everybody say amen on that? Amen. amen. You walked up to the altar. You repented of your sinful life. Then you were filled with God's wonderful spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Then you went down in the water in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful for the baptism of Jesus' name? I don't know about you, but I thank God every day that I have went down in the water in Jesus' name. And the old things that I did and the old people that I was and all the things I did were washed away and God gave me a new beginning. And God began to tell you, like he told all of us that are sitting in this place today according to Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the thoughts that I have for you saith the Lord and when you read that if you'll ever notice in there there's all caps on that Lord word only only Lord is capitalized in that whole sentence so God's letting us know it doesn't matter what anybody else says It doesn't matter what your neighbor says. It doesn't matter what the naysayers. What I'm saying is that I'm Lord, and I'm deciding that it's time for a new start. It's time for a new beginning. To give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Anybody happy about that today, that God found us? So now, hope turns into saving faith, and we're serving God. Now, faith is in God. My faith is no longer in the world. It's no longer in how good I can do. It's no longer in how smart I am. It's no longer... um, depending upon how good my job is, now my faith is in God, somebody that will never let me down, somebody that never gets tired of dealing with my junk, somebody that is always there right on time, amen? Now my faith is in God, the one who called me, the one who pulled me out of the mess and the depression and the addictions and my loneliness and fear. Well, you say, how do you know you're saved, Brother Chris? How do you know you're saved? Well, for number one, I, was fu- I fulfilled the salvation plan. I, I did according to Acts 2.38, when Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, for the of your sins, and you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've done that. But not only that, I can see a tangible, a physical change in my life. Old things have passed away. And now old things have become new. I don't want to do the things I've done before. I'm happy with where God has me now. I'm tired of waking up and feeling loneliness and emptiness and a void in my spirit and in my heart. And all of a sudden God steps into my life and I say, hey, something's happened. I'm not what I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ. And I can feel his peace in my life every day. Numbers 23 Chapter 23, Numbers 23 and 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do? Or hath he spoken, and he not do it? God ever said something to you and gave you a promise or a word, and he never fulfilled it? Never. I've never walked in my life with God through saving faith and believing that once I serve God, once I started walking with God and I changed my life, my attitude, my actions. And then I started praying and saying, God, this is all different to me. God, I need you to help me. I need you to show me what you want me to do, where you want me to go. I want you to order my steps, direct my path. And not one time when I ask God something, has he ever let me down? And one time that God has ever, there's not been one time that God has ever spoken into my life and say, I have a plan for you, and then God has not fulfilled it. But there are things in our life that God is going to do, and I can promise you God will do it if we will seek him in faith and prayer and believing that he can do it. So we have saving faith because God keeps his word, and he hasn't let us down yet. 1 Corinthians 15 And 19 says this, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So not only after I step into saving faith, not only has God proven himself and kept his word and said that he would bless me and keep me and protect me, not only that, in this world is he blessing me and keeping me, but I have a promise that when I close my eyes for the last time, I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I'm going to see the gates of pearl. I'm going to see the men and women of old that prayed. And... Amen, amen. It's very important how we talk after we have been saved. I uh, have been working on this for quite some time, <laughs> and it's going to be a lifetime process probably for all of us and me included, but it's very important how we talk as children of God. I've, I've, I've started trying to, in one of my little pet peeve things, you know, trying to say when I'm going through something or when something doesn't happen the way that I think it should, instead of saying, you know, I'm just discouraged about that. It, it's just not happening how I want it to happen. That shouldn't be the attitude of a child of God. So I've switched over and I've started saying, you know, I'm just a little disappointed on how things are going. I'm not not discouraged on how it's going because I serve a God that will never leave me, never forsake me. So it's important how we talk as children of God. So when we're serving God and things don't always go the way we want, and they don't always flow the way we want, and the blessings don't happen right at the right time we want, let's just have a little bit of faith and believe that, hey, it's not happening right now, but sooner or later, God is going to be faithful one time after another like he has been before. (laughs) Romans 8 and verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time Are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So, child of God, hear me. No matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're battling, what you are going to inherit is way better than any suffering you're dealing with right now. The proof of our saving faith is that the glory is revealed every single time in our lives. When we suffer for the kingdom of God, when we struggle, go through trials and tests, it's just another example when God pulls us out, that God's glory is being revealed, that he is faithful. He's there. He shows up every time. And that God is going to take us from faith to faith. And his saving faith is moving and operating in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. The second dimension of faith that I want to talk about for a couple minutes is healing faith. Hebrews 11, what we read a little bit earlier, in verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the Amplified translation, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now faith is the title, it's the deed, it's the confirmation of things hoped for. It's divinely guaranteed by faith. Healing faith gives me the title to my divine deliverance. Isn't that encouraging today? As long as I'm walking in faith, no matter what my struggle is, no matter what I'm going through, it doesn't matter if I'm fighting depression or oppression that God gives me as long as I'm serving God and walking in faith, God will literally give you the title and the deed to overcoming that depression. And all you got to do is serve God and seek God and pray and let God know, hey, God, I believe in faith that you're greater than this depression that I'm going through. I believe that you're greater than the oppression that I'm going through. So, when we step into a problem, when we step into suffering, when we step into a battle, God divinely gives us the title and the deed to walk through victoriously and to overcome every hang up, every habit, every situation that we battle. And God divinely guarantees victory as long as we stay faithful to God. Amen, amen. (laughs) Healing faith gives me the title to my deliverance, it gives me the deed. To see my mind made whole, it gives me the confirmation that the pain in my body can and will be healed. Anybody need a healing out there today? Amen. Healing faith gives me the power and the deed to say I Do not have to leave today with this disease, this sickness, that God is a healer. And by faith, God can give me healing faith to walk out of here and walk out with a smile, believing that I am healed in my body. Now, no matter how bad it looks or no matter how you feel, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 tells us, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So whatever I'm dealing with in my body physically, whatever we're struggling with, it doesn't matter if it's mentally or physically, if it's depression, if it's sickness All I know today is that there is a healing power as long as my faith is present and believes that God can show up. And I'm here to hear the man of God preach. I'm here to hear the man of God teach. And I believe in faith that God is greater than my problem. He's greater than my suffering. Then faith will overcome every time. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter what we see in our eyes. Or it doesn't matter what the doctors say, faith says, I'm healed. God says, I'm whole. Healing faith gives me the deed and the title to say, I have an assurance that God gets the final word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we don't come to church with faith, the translation there actually means that we tie God's hands. It actually is an insult to God to come to church and not bring faith with us. You know, it's kind of hard. It it would be kind of hard to be God. Well, it would be impossible to be God. But come to church, walk in, and just believe that when I come here, nothing's going to happen. What would be the purpose of even coming to church and believing that when I come in here, I'm just going to leave the same way I came. I'm going to go out with the same depression I came in with. I'm going to walk out with the same sickness, the same disease. So when we come in the church, we have to come in with a faith, a healing faith, believing that God can heal my body. And when I come into the house of God and I just come through and I go through the motions and I don't truly believe that God can heal me and deliver me, I am actually insulting God by wasting my time coming to church and acting like God is not greater than my problems. So it's actually in translation the Amplified says that you're actually insulting God to walk into the house of God and not have faith to believe that he is more than able the Amplified says but, says, but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. That's pretty strong. If we don't have faith, it's impossible. We're wasting our time walking with God. If we don't have faith enough to believe that God is greater than any battle we have. So God has given us healing faith. Matthew 17 verse 20 And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, talking to a crowd here, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Everybody already know the mustard seed is the smallest seed out there. It's the smallest seed of all the seeds out there that could be planted. And God was trying to tell them here that if you just have a little bit of faith, going back to that measure of faith, whatever trial, whatever test, whatever problem you're in, whatever you're battling, if you just bring that measure to the battle, God is more than able to move a mountain for you. But you know, the cool thing is, I've seen this and I heard this, and, um, that that mustard seed, is the only seed that will not cross-pollinate with any other seed in the world. So what I'm saying is, if somebody here plants a garden and you plant uh, sweet peppers and onion pepper, or uh, sweet peppers and hot peppers beside each other, they're going to cross-pollinate, and then what you're going to have when it's all over and done with is a mixture of sweet and hot peppers. But when the mustard seed is planted, And it's planted with any other thing. It doesn't matter what's beside it. It's going to strictly and always, 100% of the time, come up as just strictly a mustard seed. And it's going to grow into the tree that God intended it to be. So what God was saying is if you use that little bit of faith and you plant it, and you believe that God is more than able to heal you, deliver you, strengthen you. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter what's going on, how ugly, how bad it looks. You cannot cross-pollinate faith with discouragement. You can't cross-pollinate it with depression. You can't cross-pollinate it with anything else. As long as you're walking in faith and believing that God is supreme and God can deliver you out of everything that you're going through, then faith Faith will always walk through every time. We can't fix faith with what the world is saying. Faith can walk all by itself. The third level of faith that I want to talk about, finishing up here real quick, is desperate faith. This is a whole different level, whole different type of faith. And this is where a lot of us have already been, we might be, but we surely can live in it. It's called desperate faith. We remember the story of blind Bartimaeus, and the Bible says that he sat there for years and he would sit there and beg and beg and beg, and finally the day came that the day came where God was walking past, coming past with his disciples, and we've read the story many, many times, and all of a sudden, it didn't matter who was around, it didn't matter what was going on to his left or to his right, Barnabas cried out, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. It was a desperate faith. And sometimes we have to step into a desperate faith, because sometimes small faith, Little faith just isn't enough. Sometimes just living in faith isn't enough. We have to be desperate for a move of God. And we don't care who's around. We don't care what's going on. I got to be healed. I'm not going to leave the way I came in. I'm not going to go home with the same sickness. And we have to step into a desperate level of faith. Mark 9 and verse 24 says that there's a story of a father as I'm finishing up, with a son who had a deaf and dumb spirit. And the Bible says, and straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And Jesus looked at him and said, oh, thou, O generation, perverted generation, little is your faith. But Jesus simply reached out and healed his child because of a desperate faith. And sometimes, child of God, the world is very unfair. Sometimes we don't have all the answers for everything. Sometimes I don't understand why life hands us some of the things that it does. But if we'll step into the presence of God and we'll come to the house of God and have a desperate faith, a measure of faith that is so desperate that I don't care who, who, what, what people think. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they want to say. I'm going to step into a level of faith. And it's called desperate faith where I say, God, I need a healing. I need delivered. And I want to walk out of here changed today. See, where a lot of us get is we get to a level of faith of just saying, I believe in God. He's enough. I know he's good. He can do exceedingly and abundantly about what I can think or ask. But then we never step into a level of expectation to where we walk into the house of God and we say, you know what? I'm leaving here different. I'm tired of living with these hurts, these hang-ups, these habits, these problems, these sickness. But then there is a level that we have to step into in that desperate faith that's called preparation. From expectation into preparation. So when we come into the house of God... We bring our faith. We bring our dimensions of faith. And we step in with expectation, saying, hey, it's the time for a church. I'm going to believe that God is going to touch me. No matter what I'm dealing with, God is going to strengthen me, heal me. So now I'm getting ready to make preparation. I'm going to take my jacket off, do whatever I got to do, and I'm going to believe. I'm going to cry. I'm going to believe that God is going to heal me and touch me, and God is going to heal me and touch me. So God uses us and expects us to step into these three levels of faith, healing faith, serving faith, and desperate faith. So with that being said, let's stand this morning.